Hey guys! Welcome! Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a bit for us. Probably for you guys too. Thank it's you. It's been a trip, y'all. Yeah, so thank you for putting up with us and our technical difficulties. Yes. yes. We were skipping happened. Yeah, so we had recorded with the ladies from the Paranormal Seekers. Everything was going great. Everything was kosher. Sent it off to be edited. We were just saying, you can hear us, but you cannot hear the ladies. Which is odd, because we checked after we recorded it. We always to do. To make sure that we had their voices. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in internet land. Somewhere in internet land, there is in a vortex maybe yeah. in a in an opposite universe there maybe. is our episode somewhere floated in the side, ethers yeah. so it's weird so yes so welcome it's been a while it's, it's actually been. been a while yeah things got a little crazy things are going so not to be confused so technically this will be episode 14 because episode 13 has already come out and then we have episode 14 so by now i think the universe is balanced i think so we're okay we're good. We got through that unlucky 13. <gasps> unlucky 13. Oh shit, girl. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like a girl's Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so it's it's been a trip. It's been a wild one. It's been, and we haven't seen each other. We actually haven't heard in a while. Yeah. Beth and I, this is the longest Beth and I have been separated. It, you know what? It really has been for like a long time. I know. <laughs> so we haven't seen each other in a while. And so it's good to be back. It is. If I sound a little bit daisy confused, it's probably because I am. <laughs> I'm still, I don't know what's going on today. I was on the way home today. I was, oh yeah. So I, I was away. Both Chris and I went back to New Orleans. We did this awesome road trip where we went to Nashville, Memphis, and then to New Orleans, which is the best road trip ever. And then we both got back. Obviously, we both got back. When we got back, we both got sick the following day. So I got that over sucks. it. Chris is still a little bit reeling from it he has a little bit of the side effects of it yeah the trickle of it so our guy it's going around it's going around it is going i'm so excited so i've been replaced frankly and so, i'm a little upset about it so i'm not fully replaced with <laughs> beth but i thought to save beth on her sound effects i picked up the coolest machine so okay. beth i'm gonna let you push whatever <laughs> and okay, that's one, pretty good i know so it's oh, this cool little awesome. like handy like sound machine effect, and I just it just it kills me. Awesome. I saw it. I, I was with a friend Emily, and I freaked out, and I had to buy this. Yeah, so. no, that's pretty cool. This goes in a collection of random junk that Grace doesn't really we need use for our podcast. Yes, it goes with a podcast. Oh, I love it. Yes, I can write it off for a podcast. We can't yeah. write it off. There we go. It's like tax expense. Tax expense, ma'am. What was that for? Well, you know, we all need a sound machine. <laughs> I love. Hold on. I just want to walk around and do that. Sure Every time I enter somewhere, <laughs> I enter a room, I am here. <laughs> That'd be amazing. We all need a room. the kids like- talk to me. <laughs> Wrong. Sorry. I just, I'm ha- I was having too much fun with this. No, today. that's okay. The kids were driving me crazy and I was like, okay, we're just going to sit and we're going to put on a calming story. They're like, okay, great. And then I was like, oh, I'm having trouble with stories. Like, how about we do calming music? Yeah, sure. So I go and I turn it on. Bam, like super loud we all jumped like a foot in the air i was like well that <laughs> didn't work but they were cool about it you should you need one. i need one of those it's ter- that'd be hilarious all so, right yeah so, so we're gonna get back into our story so first? yeah so i'm gonna all let right. beth go first because mine is actually pretty short but mine is a pretty cool location so mine's kind of got a little bit of everything a little seance a little sir 
Arthur Conan Doyle, a little bit of silver. Oh, I love Sir cool. Arthur Con- Conan Doyle. I can never say his Conan name. Conan Doyle. Sir, Sir Arthur, Arthur Conan. It's a Sir Arthur. It's a Sir Ar. I know, Sir Ar. Sir Ar. Right? It's tricky. As you can tell, that we're educators and t- as teachers, we have <laughs> to be phonetically, phonetically sounding certain words with students, it's, and it just. It trickles into your personal life. It's it so true. It truly does. So I'm going to talk about the Sibley Peninsula in Ontario. The Sibley Peninsula. Yeah. So it's up by Lake Superior. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's famous because it's only about like 25 meters across. It's not very big. But it's famous for this beautiful photo of having seven structures built on it. Which okay. is kind of, I'll put up the photo on our Instagram. It's pretty cool. But basically, in 1868, Thomas McFarland staked a silver claim. And it was this huge, huge claim of silver. So the Silver Islet Mining Company, headed by Shipley, purchased the claim in 1870. And a guy named Frue, F-R-U-E, took over the helm of the mining project. So basically on this tiny island, they got all these pumps and built like a wall to push the water back away from the edge of the cliff, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they went down and they mined. And they mined like an amazing amount of silver from this tiny little place. It was Crazy. It figured in the 16 years it was open, it mined about 3.25 million worth of silver. Ooh. Yeah. So a lot of, but the trouble was a lot of coal was required to get the pumps to keep the water mm-hmm. back and out of the thing. And this is where it gets interesting. One report I said said the coal didn't arrive in time. And one report said the coal went missing, quote unquote. So basically, either it went missing, sabotage. Or it just didn't arrive on time. Vortex. (laughs) (laughs) And the pumps couldn't work. So all the water came flooding in and basically shut down the mining operation. Oh. So you have two choices at that point. Do you either A, repump it, rebuild all the damage, or do you just leave it? And the company who was mining it and had the claims figured we got as much of the good stuff out as we could. It's not going to be worth it to rebuild it. So they kind of let it go. But. Of course, like every good mining story, everyone was like, oh, they left all the silver. It's right there. If someone could just swim down and get it, we could be rich and those kind of stories. Mm. So there was a bit of a reclusive man named James Cador, C-A-W-D-O-R. And it's believed that he had been kind of instructed about where the silver nuggets were going to be kind of floating around. I'm sorry, the term silver nuggets always makes me laugh because I think of chicken McNuggets. (laughs) I know. Nuggets. Nuggets. So basically, he thought he had heard the voice of a dead miner telling him where the silver was. See, and then I think of a miner, I think of a, a small person under the age of 19, a miner. Hey, it was the 1800s, could have been both. <laughs> so could have been a minor true. miner. Sorry. No, it could have been a minor miner. A minor miner. Eating chicken nuggets. <gasps> minor minor nuggets. <laughs> minor minor nugget. That sounds like um, some code word. I like it. Uh, that's going to be your code word for Noah. Minor minor, minor nugget. nugget. <laughs> So basically, this guy thought he heard this ghost giving him exact instructions. Was it said like this? Hold on. Find the silver down here. It brings more dipping sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, this is, but I love how exact it is. Apparently, the ghost told him he needed about 30 meters of rope and a sturdy ladder. I love the fact that every story ghosts are, we have covered, the ghosts have been super helpful. They really have. Well, we'll see how the rest of the story Well, you know what I mean? But in terms of like, you need about 
say 30, 31 centimeters, give or take. Let's, uh, let's iron that wrinkle out for let's you. Let's iron Let me fold it for you. Let me move some of the furniture. Let me dump all the Cheerios on the floor so you don't have to eat them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. sorry. So, basically, this recluse guy all of a sudden became super friendly and told anyone who would listen to him about, like, this ghost that he heard and how he's going to go and he's going to get all the silver and become the richest man everywhere. So apparently one night after he went out and started bragging, he actually went out as he planned with the rope and a ladder, but he didn't come home that night. So people got a little concerned. They're like, Oh no, what did this guy do? So they started going out looking for him. Nobody found him. They didn't find the rope. They didn't find the ladder and any of the stuff he needed that. Cause he was going to lower himself into the mine shaft and then, you know, get his stuff in out. So, <laughs> super excited for the new movie by the way so they were looking for him for a full week before his body finally appeared and the coroner said that he drowned huh because they found him in the water so the ghost did deceive him so, so they said it was an accidental death that was accidental drowning so the person that followed him to, somebody thought that he had shared this information with the wrong person and the going theory was somebody followed him uh. and then pushed him, took the money, hit all the evidence, and ran. So years later, in June 26th, 1914, his stepdaughter named Catter's stepdaughter named Leona had a chance to meet Sir Arthur Cannon Doyle. No way. Because yeah, he was giving a speech nearby, and she attended it, and he was talking about, you know, the spiritual world and all that jazz that he was into, because he was delivering this talk at Port Arthur's Colonial Theater. So after the talk, she approached him and shared her stepfather's story. So Doyle was like, yeah. Let's do a seance and figure this out. So the problem was he was about to leave for Arthur and didn't know when he'd return. So as an intermeasure, he gathered Leona at the gravesite of her stepfather. But apparently, quote unquote, the man's spirit wasn't cooperating. And it was seemed like Leona was destined to go her own way without the answer she was looking for. But there is a happy note because Doyle came back in 1923, almost 10 years later. And Leona talked to him again. And this time, Doyle and his wife, Jean, had time to talk with her. So they went out and they did a seance with Doyle, his wife, Leona, Doyle's publicist, and the publicist's wife, Agnes. Hmm. So they went to Catter's abandoned home. And apparently, you know, like the house, you can just imagine, like the house smelled of mold, creepy echoes from their footsteps, like a creaky cupboard going like, eh. Hold on. Oh, do you have it? Hold on. Hold on. Well, something like that? Perfect. <laughs> so, basically, they said Doyle conjured up the spirit of Cador, and their group heard, like, muffled footsteps and water splashing, and like, someone being like, oh, a sigh. <laughs> like a deep sigh. And then everything was silent for a minute, and then all of a sudden, there's, like, rattling hinges, a jingling door. Apparently, Doyle asked, Cador, is that you? But no one heard, said anything, but Leona felt, like, a little touch on her right shoulder, and a cold breath against her neck and the ears. So apparently, Doyle said that he witnessed a dialogue between the father and the stepdaughters, between Leona and Cador, but she doesn't remember it. She had no memory of it when the seance was done. So over no breakfast way. the next morning, Doyle and his wife in the booth told Leona what they'd witnessed, but she was just like, yeah, nope, nothing. Not one thing. So apparently, like, her body shook so violently that they were going to stop because they were so concerned for her safety. Shut the front door. Yeah. So they asked if she wanted to do it again. She was like, yeah, no, I'm good. 
I'm good. <laughs> so basically, nobody knows to this day if James Catter was a victim of like overactive imagination and just took an ill-fated trip down to the silver mine, or if, you know, somebody gave him a little extra push and disappeared with all of his money. Oh. It's just interesting because you know, I haven't heard about this before and there was no like no no one showing up with an extra you know million silver dollars in the neighborhood but you can still visit the silver island today it's kind of like a ghost town during most of the year but then in the summer it becomes like a tourist home and the you know some of the houses that were built to house the miners are now like summer homes for the rich and playing the rich and well maybe not the rich i don't know it's it's up north but for people who have summer houses they go and the old hotel now serves as a general store so you can go and be like Buy some candy where Sir Arthur Cannon Doyle once walked. What? So, yeah, we gotta go. So it's a very kind of calm location, but you never know. There might be a, a ghost or two. A nugget or two a nugget to turn and find. But it, oh, when you guys see this photo, it does look really eerie because it's just like this island with like some houses on it. And you're just like, well, it's freaky. But yeah, so that's a little known Ontario ghost story was it murder was there a ghost was it a seance works oh seance, seance. Okay. <gasps> i oh, like it seance if you like it should put a planchette on it if you like it should have put a planchette on it to the uh, left to uh, the uh, left uh, every uh, little picture uh, on the uh, side uh, to the left <laughs> put your finger on it Move. that's my treasure please exactly. don't touch if you do you'll get a little who push. rules the world ghost <laughs> Okay, we're having too much fun with this. So we will be making an album. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, wait for that to drop. So yeah, so another little Ontario ghost story for you all. It's a little Ontario nugget. A little nugget gem of a nugget. I don't know if we're going. It's pretty north. Those mosquitoes would kill me. Yeah, that's true. And then I'd become one of the ghosts and that would not be cool. I know. Beth and mosquitoes. That's my short and sweet little silver story. That's a lot of S's in there. Short and sweet and silver. (laughs) <laughs> I like it. It was uh, Sir Arthur Canando. Sir Arthur. Car- oh, I have his book. I was just looking yeah. at my book. I have it up there. I was like, this is a case for Sherlock. But I was like, no, sure. everyone's going to make that joke. I know. Well, yeah. maybe. Maybe not. Maybe you got inspiration for it. Maybe. Who knows? I just like how much time he spent in Canada, apparently. Like, yeah. He was up here a lot mm-hmm. doing that talk circle. Well, he was big into obviously the spiritual movement. Yeah. And they did. Him they, and Houdini. I know, but. They did laugh at him because he thought he caught a fairy, but it was one of those bugs. Mm. I felt bad for him. Poor guy. He really just wanted to believe. He just, hey, why not? Meh. Why not? Why not? So. Yeah, how about you have that one that's a bit closer to home? I have one that's a bit closer to home, but before we do that, it's now time for Random Canadian Facts. And now for some Random Canadian Facts. Do it. Facts, facts, facts. There you go. <laughs> I know you wanted it. Exactly. So my uh, facts kind of goes with your story. Kind Ooh. of and kind of doesn't actually. Okay. Actually doesn't. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I lie. So good. I called it a seance. So I lie like a big fat rug. So this fact, and I know this freaks out a lot of people who have a phobia. So if you do have a phobia snakes, just... I'm giving your heads up and a warning now. This be cautious. Oh. Uh, Manitoba has the largest concentration of snakes in the world. Really? Yeah. Manitoba. Huh. I would not let's, have let's, that. Let, let me just repeat that. Manitoba, largest concentration of snakes. So if y'all afraid of snakes, do not go to Don't Manitoba. Go to Manitoba in the summertime, yeah. Well, especially in the summertime. Wintertime, meh. Nothing really up there. It's cold. And flat. I've never been. It's snowy. So around 70,000 snakes, particularly 
Red-sided garter snakes emerge in May as they come out from hibernation. And those, I said that phobia, I will try to pronounce this phobia. Odo, no, op, no, op, ophidophobia, ophidophobia. Sure. Sure. Ophidophobia. We'll go with that. It sounds right. I apparently have a phobia of words because I can't even pronounce that. So it's the fear of snakes. That's so interesting. I, mean, I would have gone like Arizona or something, but that's why. I, or I thought something tropical, like a, like a tropical mm, place would have had, you know. Oh, maybe we just have the giant ones. We have all like the millions of baby ones. Yeah, because the gardener snakes are also not like, they're cute. They're like little tiny things. Cute. They're not. I'm thinking <laughs> of in Romance of the Stone or Indiana Jones. When they went to the temple and get all the snakes, oh, she put yeah. her hand through that little, oh. you know, to pull the liver, yeah. the lever. Why did she lever? I don't know. I said the lever. She had to pull the lever and yeah. like that. I'm like, Whoa. I don't mind snakes. I don't mind spiders. Don't it's the freaking centipedes. Those things are so weird. I, I don't mind outside. I just don't want them inside my house. Nope. I'm nope. Not down with that. They're, I'm okay with spiders. I truly am okay with spiders. I'm okay with snakes. The centipedes, I'll. I just get chills. Sorry. Yeah. I just threw up in my mouth a bit too there. Okay. I just, <laughs> sorry. I'm fine with uh, all of them if they're nowhere near me. If they're far enough away, great. Behind thick plexiglass where... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Even just, you know, like far enough away that they're not in my house. Yeah. It's all good, but... That's all Anyhow. Yeah. That's a- my story, it is close to us being oh. from Toronto. Okay. Oh, I thought you had another one. Sorry, I got it. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. And another fact. Okay. Oh, yeah. And actually, yeah, and this one, as actually, this does has to go with yours. Gotcha. That uh, there are as many as two million lakes in Canada. That's interesting. I I can see that we got a lot of water. Two million there. lakes, which explains why we have a lot of like fresh water than I thought. Yes. Yeah, we'll have to. There's a lot more stories that. Yeah, I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the story of Manitoba with our previous episode with. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking. I'm just saying, that's why there's so many snakes there. The UFOs are calling the snakes. And then it turns into, like, that episode of The Simpsons where all the snakes are running. Like St. Patrick, when he drove all the snakes, drove all the snakes out of Ireland. Ireland. And they all came to Manitoba. They all went to the ship <laughs> and came to, to Manitoba. That's what happened. That's Thanks, St. Patrick. That's amazing. I just rolled my eyes hard there. Alrighty. So my story is very short, but it's a very interesting place. Now, if you are from the Toronto area, especially, like, west of Toronto, so Bloor West Village area and... Especially the beautiful park of Hyde Park, which I absolutely love. Love, love, love Hyde Park. I have a friend that lives across the street from there. It's a beautiful park. Unlike, you know. It's uh, been called Toronto Central Park. Yeah, it's been called Toronto. It is. Canadian friends. It's massive. It's got a river. It's got, you know, it's connected to the Humber River. It's got its its own zoo. Where those. Does it have a zoo? Yeah, it does have a zoo. Remember those animals went missing? What were they again called? Like the wombats or something? No. They weren't wombats. Wombats are dangerous. Are they? I think. I don't know what they were. Some things like a badger. They were like Bonnie and Clyde. These two cute animals escaped. They were on their lamb for like a couple of months. And they were. They, and they were them. totally like legit hiding in somebody's house. It was yeah, actually it was quite funny. Good. They're like, screw this shit. We're, we're like escaping this place. So they bounced from the zoo and they were in hiding for a while. So anyhow, High Park is a beautiful area. It's, you know, in the summertime, they host... I love going every year. I mean, the last few years, we go to the to summer tradition. Sorry. It was a... Oh, I can never spell it. C-A-P- I was going to say kombucha. No. Uh, <laughs> That's good. C-A-P-U-Y-B-A-R-A. Oh, Koopa, Koopa something. Yeah, they're super Kappa. cute. Oh, and apparently last year, Peacock also escaped. Oh, there we go. 
And it strutted around the neighborhood for several days before being captured. Dang it. So, sorry, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here. We have this huge bird that's been flying around Toronto for the past few months on the east end of, like, Pickering Scarborough. And it's huge. Like, it's, like, pterodactyl size. To the point... Albatross. It, honestly, it could have been. This thing is huge. Like, to the point where people are calling the wildlife services, being like, hey, this thing almost ran me off the road. <gasps> is it? I'm almost like, oh, what is it? I'm going to figure out the name of it because it almost ran. I saw it. Like, this thing is massive. And I was like, did it escape from the zoo? Nobody said it did, but I'm like, well, nobody loves an albatross. I'm just saying, probably escaped from the zoo. So we have an issue with things escaping. But Or it could be a mothman. Just saying. It could be. No, no, this was like a straight up bird. I'm going to find sure. it. Sure. I'm going to find it. Anyhow, please keep going. I cut you off like five times. Uh-huh. I'm so sorry. Anywho, I'm going to be talking about the Colburn Lodge and the Garner Pond. Now, these are both in the same area. The interesting thing about the Coburn Lodge, if you actually ever go to that, it looks beautiful, but considering what it was at the time. Now, when it was first built, it was built by George Howard, who was born in Hertfordshire, England. Talking about words are really hard today. It's a hard one. On July 27th in 1803. He married his wife, which I love. Her name is Jemima. Oh, you don't hear that name anymore. No, Jemima. Because all I thought was Auntie Jemima. That's why no one And then I thought of Maple Syrup. And I got really hungry when I was doing my research for this. Because I really just wanted pancakes. So he lived in England, married his wife. They came here. Now, the interesting thing is, there's so much crap about him. John Corby. He was born as John Corby, then changed his name to George Howard. I can't find anything on his wife. Except that who she was married to. And that she died in Toronto. But there was, it was interesting. I couldn't find anything on her. I was trying to find. So if you do know any information on Jemima, her name was Jemima Francis. Her maiden name was Jemima Francis. So okay, but it was weird. I was trying to find like, yeah. yeah, which is sad. So he first came to Canada and he was Toronto's official civil engineer. Couldn't find a job. It was hard for him to find a job. Yeah. And so there was a gentleman, his last name was Corbin, actually gave him his first job. As a professor slash teacher at the now, which has always been Upper Canada College. Which, because Canada, if you guys are familiar with, with Canadian history, Toronto was known as Upper Canada. Yeah, and Quebec was considered Lord Canada. Canada. Yeah, so we are Upper Canada, and then, yes, which is funny because... To me, it makes sense, though, because if you're coming in mm-hmm. from the Atlantic Ocean, you got to work, like, The States, because you go down, but to me, it makes sense. Go. But anyway. Okay, if you're going in this way, yeah. you hit Quebec first, yeah. then you'd hit Ontario. So Because it goes... And then upper. Yeah. So, yeah. anyhow. Semantic, yeah. And it's like when you come to Canada, Sorry. well, you come from the States, like I'm thinking this way. Right? Oh, see, and I was going to yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. Hey, it's all perspective. So, anyhow, he first came to Upper Canada, and like I said, he was a professional architect in Toronto Architect. He had numerous public and commercial and residential buildings in Toronto that he basically designed. Cool. In the 19th century, and so that was in the 19th century, and the principal donor to, of the High Park to the people of Toronto, Ontario. So they built this house, and he named it after the lodge. Now, back in the day, it was like an hour outside of Toronto, because where downtown Toronto is to where High Park is now, it's still a bit of a driver. Yeah. It's, a little nature. it's still considered Toronto. We're all big Toronto, but that back in the day, it was outside Toronto. So it's kind of considered a lodge, a place for the people to go to relax. Gotcha. 
And if you guys ever, it's situated so beautifully amongst the trees and you have the water there. So now the story and the ghost stories, I don't want to get too much into it because I truly want you guys to know. And again, it doesn't say too much. And there's nothing like the gruesome story here. Like there's no murder, mayhem, or there's like nothing like I talk like about. Like silver nuggets and Sir Conan Doyle coming in to do seances. Nothing like that. <laughs> Although I wouldn't doubt that there was, you know, seances to be Probably. performed back in the day because that's what people did. If this podcast has taught me anything, people are doing some weird stuff all over the place. Well, I like to think seances back in the day were like our form of Facebook. <laughs> or, you know, or Snapchat because, like, okay, so how do you communicate with people? You couldn't, so you use a Ouija board. Planchet left or right? Yeah, like I'm like I totally like them. So I'm gonna go to the left. I forget. Like I still don't know how goes. Snapchat works. Like, I don't get. Do you swipe to the left or to the right when you like somebody? Isn't that Tinder? Sorry, Tinder. I was laughing. I was like, oh my, it was about Oh my gosh, she sounds like such a cute ghost. I know she. She totally is so into me. He totally likes me. Yeah. Ghost oh my gosh, stop being so clingy and close the cupboard. Stop it. <laughs> stop leaving Cheerios everywhere. <laughs> oh my god. I'm gosh. so sorry, Grace. I keep interrupting you so much. Oh no, that's so cool. Oh. That's not cool. Shut up. No, shut up. <laughs> so, the wife, Jemima, getting breast cancer. Oh. And she was apparently the first female in Toronto to be diagnosed with cancer. Breast really? cancer. Yeah. Oh wow. So, unfortunately, she did die of breast cancer. It was interesting because she was on heavy painkillers. Okay. And because she was on heavy painkillers, she would actually have, like, these trips. Like, these, like, hallucinations. Oh, like, yeah. Kind of, like... And her husband, John, would find her. She'd go missing for a day oh, or no. two. She'd be hiding. And she'd be doing oh, random no. things. So he tried to get her committed to an asylum. Yeah. But the doctors kind of said, with her condition, like, There's she no. is physically ill she's not mentally ill right. and to put her in a place like that will actually hinder her her well-being or her, her health you know and legit like he's trying to keep his wife safe mm-hmm. so the doctors you know advised against that so he ended up keeping her at home kept her in one of the rooms upstairs and he actually took out the handle okay so she can and yeah he so you locked so there's no handles from the inside you can only get the handles from the outside so he basically created like it's bad but he created almost like this rubber room. I hate to say this, but he created like the safe room for her where she basically was until she died. Okay. Because she was very ill. Dang. So she ended up dying in the house. Fast forward years, years later, he ended up dying as well. They never had any kids. But he did after his wife, you know, Jemima died. He actually had a long-term relationship with this a longtime friend. And they, they became like, you know, quote unquote, not lover. Well, yeah, they were lovers. Companions. Companion, and they actually had kids together. Oh, okay. what I read about it's like they had kids together, but they never had kids. But he ended up dying. So, I think Jemima, I forget how she was like in her seventies when she died. Okay, and because she ended up being sick, and so I think he had this companion while his wife was ill. Gotcha. Again, a lot of sketchy shit. Yeah. Who knows what happened? And he ended up dying in the house as well. Mm. So we have both a husband and wife that died in this house. Because they both really love this place. Yeah. They both really love this location. And because of where it was, because it wasn't as surrounded by trees, it was very therapeutic. It was very calming. It was a perfect, serene setting, especially for her until she died. Now, the ghost, apparently, of Jemima can be seen from outside and have 
in many cases, actually a police officer back in the 70s said he was doing his rounds as walking about and he actually saw a lady up in no the... No way. Yeah. So as a police officer, this is, yeah, you know, he... Exactly. He went... Oh, it was the 70s. It was the 70s. Who knows? Yeah. So he apparently went to find the security and they opened up the building yeah. so they can do the rounds to check and there was nobody in there. And wow. they swore up and down like nobody was there. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Now, there's no stories about... Him, but they said upstairs you could feel a sense mm-hmm. of being watched. People have actually said there's many witnesses. People said almost like your hand, like a tingling sensation, like in the arms, oh. like you feel like a static electricity and, and tingling wow. when you go there. You definitely, definitely. Everybody says I've many people. All the uh, stories I've read, they said that you can actually feel like eyes are watching at you. I hate that feeling. I do not enjoy that. Oh, sorry. So it was 1969. So there are some people who believe that uh, Jemima haunts the house. And in 1969, a police officer patrolling the park observed a figure on the second floor, but found no one when he investigated. While visiting the Colburn, um, the Colburn Lodge, some people have reported again prickly sensations and an easy feeling or seeing something from the corner of their eyes. So that is one story. Yeah. There are many stories of this. Now, there's this great, I've met her before. Her name is Karen Muller. She's an amazing psychic. And like, I've actually met her before. She's really. Oh yeah. She's like really like famous. famous. Yeah, she's, yeah. Yeah. She's pretty big. So my friend went to go see her. She got the most bang on accurate reading. Get out. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll explain it. Like, I'll tell you. Yeah. It's crazy. So That's I so met. so funny because I, uh, yeah, I know Karen Muller. Yeah. So the Globe and Mail actually hired her. Took her to locations and didn't give her. No the, they way. actually blindfolded her. Okay. So she was getting like these, like, quote unquote, dead readings. It's called dead readings. <laughs> I feel like a little do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so apparently. She's super away. <laughs> so they took her and she was picking up things and they said, so this is like they talked about the ghost story. So, like I said, 1930 mm-hmm. and 1836 about the house, about George and Jemima. You know, they just talked about the story. But they said, the message that I'm going to read to you what she got. So Miss Moeller immediately sent a strong female spirit that took great pride in the old brick home, which is now at the historic museum. She goes, I'm seeing an apron. As Miss Moeller said, almost like she was got a whole bunch of stuff harvested that was going to the house with it. Now, this is the interesting thing. Jemima and John were both avid gardeners. Yeah. But you know what? I can... But no, but back, back then, in the day, so but you have money them. though. You have money, you have status, you have people. They mm-hmm. actually enjoyed gardening. Now, this is no disrespect to Miss Molnar, but like, okay, it's an old brick house. Other someone's going to be carrying a bunch of food and wearing an apron. I know. But she said the strong female. Like, was it? So I'm just saying, this is what she's reading. Yeah, I'm reading one too. But I'm just saying, the interesting thing is that she said she picked up on somebody carrying the apron. Jemima was an avid gardener, both her and John. That was her favorite pastime. That was her mm-hmm. favorite thing, it was to garden all the time. So they said, you know, Miss um, Miller said the ghost is happy in a former home and the critical of downsizing, you know, on her one time vegetable garden located the east side of the property. Later along the leafy shore of the garden pond. I'm going to read that after. But interesting fact, this is a spook factor, is that Miss Muller, again, her impression matched up with the Colburn's ghostly tales of Jemima, including the sixth sense of the phantom woman who's occasionally seen in the window. So... This is what she picked up before she even knew of the locations that she was going into. Yeah. 
So I am so skeptical. No, no, no. Interesting because I said, I'm just reading facts about <laughs> what it said. Now, that's what Ms. Muller, she, she picked up. Mm-hmm. Also coincides with a lot of people who work there. So there's a lot of stories. If you actually go online and if you go on YouTube, you can actually talk about staff working there and getting the feeling yeah. to it. A lot of them don't like to be there a certain time at night. Interesting place about this place too is that they don't do ghost tours. They only do it around Halloween. Okay. But a lot of the staff have all had the same sensation. Like when you go to certain areas of the house, mm-hmm. you get this sensation, like I said, the cold feeling. Mm-hmm. You get the prickly kind of feeling, you know, like the sensation of your arms and like yeah. prickly kind of icy feeling. But that sense of somebody is right behind you. That's so creepy. So that kind of creeps me out. I'm just laughing. What if it wasn't the wife and it was actually just some servant in this entire time? And she's like, guys, it's not her. It's me. I don't. Or I say maybe ghosts think that we're ghosts. I often wonder that. I often wonder if it's not just a time lapse. Get out of my freaking house. Yeah. I told you that. I you yeah. I told you my theory about the time lapsing yeah. and just like it parallel timing and just, yeah. Could very well. That's one. Yeah. That's so, so interesting though. So, but I'm not done yet. Oh. So nice. that's the story of the Colbert Lodge. Now, the Garner Pond is another location that's apparently haunted, but it's haunted by a red coat soldier. Oh. Yeah. And Wait, what's this place called? This is all in High Park. What's called though? Grenadier Pond. Okay. Sorry, keep going. So the Grenadier Pond, as a pond, is like located not too far from the High Park. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, it's Grenadier, say it that Grenadier way. Pond. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it that way. And that story is a phantom red coat has been spotted near the barracks in front of the entrance. In the 1970, a member of the Naval Service was there jogging along the fort outer wall and reportedly being pulled off by an unseen force. And a ghostly woman has also been spotted in the officer quarters. Oh. Now, that, many people, because, again, it's High Park, and I laugh because every time you go, like, especially in the summertime, I'm not kidding. It's legit. It's like a flock of, like, all white people running because the joggers. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like I said, okay, I'm like, white people's favorite sport to do is run. Jogging seats. Anyhow, so. Sorry, I was like. Mm. So, there's a lot of trails because, again, this is a huge park. A lot of trails. And people who've run on this trail by the pond mm-hmm. have experienced the same thing. Some people have actually been physically pushed. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is like, it's physically pushed out of the way. So, either they're being, either the soldiers trying to protect them. Yeah. Or maybe like, you know, like I'm thinking like a sniper kind of like hitting them, trying to attack. And that's what he's trying to do. It's like taking out and saving people. That's very cool. So that has been a very calming thing. So the common two things that people have witnessed is the pond, something pushing you. So imagine being a runner and getting pushed. I'm just laughing. Or the runner just falls and like a ghost pushed pushed me. me. Totally, Totally, dude. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. Totes push me off. Totally (laughs) push me off. And then I would like to know if Jemima's there. This has been a location we've been trying to get into. I know this, is, I know this sounds a little silly, but, like, I do wonder if, like, ghosts don't, like, recognize each other ghosts from any of theirs. Be like, hey, Jemima, how's your day going? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I pushed a couple runners out of the way. Yeah. And now this one kid that just was not stop bother me. Kind of like, make yourself known. Make yourself known. Right? Hey. I wonder. I just, I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. So that's my story that's of cool. High Park. And- I did not know that about the pond, though. That's really yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Just to bring it full circle, apparently one of the whatever is the Kappa, I want to say Chupacabra, and I know that's not it. Chupacabra? The C-A-P-Y-B-A-R-A yeah. was found in that pond. Ah. What's 
The what? Oh, that, that, that a bird. That the, animal. That animal. That animal. The yes. one Clyde Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. It, it was hiding around. And yeah. the other one was found in somebody's backyard. Yeah, no one was found in the pond. That pond. Huh. See? See, maybe the soldier was Maybe. Like, maybe it's pushing to the pond. That is soldier. So the soldier pushed the pond. <laughs> that was <laughs> poor cool. animals minding his business <laughs> and he got pushed into the pond. <laughs> Uh, what is this monster from afar? I know. What? So what cool. blasphemy is this? <laughs> that was a really cool though. I did not know that. Yeah. That so awesome. this has been a location I've been wanted us to go to, but we've not been getting well, added any. to our list. Yeah. We have some field trips coming up, so. We do. We totally do, people. It's gonna I'm be excited. Great. Maybe some other guests, so it should be a... Yeah. Stick with us. So if you guys follow us, on social media, mm-hmm. you will see that we have a few, like Beth said, we have a few things coming up. Check our Insta out. Uh-huh. You can see the mysterious animal I've been talking about, whose name I can't pronounce. I know. I always... I always pronounced. Pronounced. And I laughed when it first came out. Anyhow, so yes, follow us because we have a couple cool places we will be going to the next few weeks. I'm, great. I'm so, so excited. excited about this. We are, we are. We are super psyched. We're just going to give you guys a little teaser is that it's a can we say something should we say something i don't know can you tell them the location we're not gonna say no. where it is mm. the city why don't we tell them what but not tell them where okay it has to do with the incarceration and tourism and slumber <laughs> <laughs> sure why not we'll put them all together so yeah so we yeah. are so excited so do stay tuned we're gonna be posting it on social media we're actually gonna be recording there which is so it's going to be actually a pretty long episode because we're going to have have to make it into a couple episodes yeah yeah probably have to break it we're super excited with this so yeah Yeah, so stick with us and stick to us stick to us stick to us stick to us us. come have all of our word nuggets bullies with us have your nuggets with us enjoy this episode while you're eating your nuggets and why does it always come back to food cheerios and nuggets because it's always food oh yeah it's true i'm just thinking i'm just hungry i am hungry too i'm always hungry too though but yeah so we're excited make sure you subscribe keep listening give us five stars if you don't mind please 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 do and if you do mind you can be that guy who gives us like four and a half i won't i won't hold it against you i'll get beth to dance for you She'll do a one arm shimmy for you if you guys <laughs> one do. One arm shimmy. Yeah, one arm shimmy. I don't shimmy. do one arm one shimmy. shimmy. Like that's. I don't think that's possible. You guys can't see I'm going to practice for you guys. I'm going to yeah. practice. She's going to do a shimmy. And then I'll do the shovel. The shimmy shovel. The shovel. To the shimmy shovel. Aren't you intrigued? Yes. I can tell. So. All right. Yes. Please. Like. And wow. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> please like and rate us if you can. If you can. Please do. And yeah. We will catch you on the next episode. Yes, yeah, so stay spooky and that's what do we want to do? Uh, oh, oh uh, it's a mystery. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, hold on. And we will cue us out with our music. Oh no, wrong one. Stay tuned. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye.